0: Filthy Henry and the Impossible Victim Chapter 9 Shelley sat on a low wall with her legs swinging back and forth waiting for Filthy Henry to admit defeat. For the past half an hour since leaving Bunty Dooley's bar they had been attempting to use Dagda's coin to teleport to the current location of Brez. For the last 29 minutes The fairy detective had been swearing, cursing, grumbling, shouting and generally losing his temper with an inanimate object that refused to do what he wanted. Maybe we should stop and ask someone for directions, Shelley said, desperately trying to keep a smile from her face. Filthy Henry dropped the coin on the pavement, then proceeded to jump up and down on it a few times. He stared at Shelley during each jump. This isn't some sort of car we can just pull over, he said. Oh, to hell with this thing. It's clearly broken. He took aim and kicked the coin up into the air. From the look on his face, it was clear to Shelley that Filthy Henry only fully realised what he had done after the coin was airborne. She jumped from the wall and made a feeble attempt at catching the golden disc. Stod! Filthy Henry shouted, pointing both his hands towards the coin. Little multicoloured sparks appeared along his fingers, fanning out as they reached the tips and spreading through the air. When they reached the coin, the sparks formed a net of magical light around it, holding the coin in place. The fairy detective pulled off his trench coat and walked over to the magically captured coin. Next time I'm about to do something stupid, how about you warn me, he said to Shelley. If I had to warn you before every stupid thing you do, I'd spend every waking moment warning you not to do something, Shelley said. Filthy Henry threw his coat up in the air, over the magical net. It landed on top of the spell and floated mid-air. He clicked his fingers and the trench coat fell to the ground, a little metallic clink noise announcing its arrival. The fairy detective bent down, picked up his coat and retrieved the coin from within its folds. Holding it up to the sunlight, he examined it. Maybe it just ran out of magical energy, Shelley suggested. Filthy Henry shook his head. It's powered by a god. Even if he is a god that has a few less worshippers these days, that sort of magic lasts until the universe burns out. Plus, the coin is, in a strange way, kind of part of him. No, I think it's something else. They both walked over to the wall and sat on top of it. Filthy Henry tapped the coin on his chin thoughtfully and stared off into the distance. Shelley had seen him do this a few times now and knew that most of the time it was an act. He was not actually thinking about the problem at hand. Instead, he was hoping that a solution would just magically present itself, pun slightly intended. A solution that he could claim credit for later on. The hilarious thing about it all was in a world where magic was part of everyday life, solutions rarely appeared as if by magic. Shelley thought back to when Dagda had given them the coin. The god had been very precise about how it worked. They could travel anywhere, instantly. In Dagda's realm. Maybe Brez isn't in Dagda's realm at the moment, she said. See if it will bring us to the last place he was standing. It may have been clutching at straws, but right now they needed to clutch at whatever they could. Filthy Henry stopped tapping his chin and looked over at Shelley. Slowly he reached down with his free hand and placed it over hers. The coin started to glow brightly and the world around them moved at great speed. They were standing in a large field in the middle of nowhere. Or at least as close to nowhere as Filthy Henry considered nowhere to be. All that could be seen in any direction were trees, grass, mountains in the distance and more fields. Civilization as far removed from this place as the moon from the earth. He reached down and plucked a blade of grass from the ground, held it between his thumb and forefinger and sniffed it. Smells like Sligo, he said, more to himself. This is so picturesque, Shelley said, looking around. When we solve this case, I totally want to come back here and do a few landscapes. Wait, did you just smell the grass to find out which county we're in? Filthy Henry pocketed the magical coin and rolled his eyes. Artists the world over never thought about anything other than the next thing they could paint. That was why so few of them made any great deal of money for years. They painted anything and everything they saw, regardless of whether it was worth painting or not. On the upside, if Shelley was going to spend some time painting out here, it would be a great way to get her out of his hair for a few weeks, maybe even longer, if nobody came to collect her from wherever here actually was. He doubted very much that it was Sligo, but sometimes it was fun to mess with Shelley's head. The fairy detective grinned to himself at the mischievous thought, then focused on the matter at hand. They had come here to ask some dark gods a few questions. What was interesting was why Dagda's coin had failed to bring them directly to Brez. It was like the coin had stopped working. Only because Shelley had suggested that they go to the last place Brez had been did the coin seem to do anything at all. But Filthy Henry was not going to admit to Shelley that she had had a good idea. There would have been no end to the smugness. So where do you think Brez went from here? Shelley asked. Since the coin no longer seems to know exactly where he is. Filthy Henry squinted pretended not to have heard her question and looked around the area. There really was nothing to see. Whatever Brez had been here for was not obvious at a glance, at least not to the naked eye. I wonder, Filthy Henry said. He flicked the mental switch that allowed him to view things in the fairy world and scanned the field once again. There was still nothing. The place was devoid of magical creatures, spells, even traces of magic. Well this is a bloody dead end, he said, stamping his foot on the grass. Little yellow sparks raced out from his shoe briefly, spreading a few inches away from him. Ooh, Shelley said, the blue glow around her eyes indicating she was viewing the world with her fairy vision also. Do it again. I'm not quite sure how I did it to begin with, Filthy Henry said, raising his foot off the ground. Quickly, he stamped down three more times. On the last stamp he stepped back. From his footprint, three little waves of yellow sparks began to spread through the blades of grass like glowing ants. They all moved outwards in a little fan formation before vanishing. Hidden entrance? Shelley asked. Filthy Henry held Dagda's coin in the palm of his hand and stared at it. Dagda said movement anywhere in his domain, Filthy Henry said, slowly looking from the coin to the grassy ground before them. So maybe Brez is in another domain? which would explain why we were brought here and not to where he currently is. It would also explain why Agnes Page said Brez was not in the realm on the night of the murder. I think, basically, that's what I said before we got here, Shelley said. Filthy Henry pocketed the coin and walked ten feet forward, to the exact spot amongst the grass where the magical sparks vanished from sight. Without saying a word, the fairy detective started to jump up and down on the spot causing sparks to cover the ground for anyone viewing via the magical spectrum to see. As oddball, off-the-wall theories went, it was a little out there, but then so was standing in the middle of a seemingly unimportant field. What made the only logical sense was that the sparks concealed a magical doorway, one which led to the realm that Brez was a god in. Well, you've lost the plot, Shelley said, crossing her arms and watching him jump. Well, you have to have a plot to begin with before you can lose it. Filthy Henry said. Oh, but up there! I'm the fairy detective and I have many questions. Without warning, the grass vanished from sight, leaving behind a gaping hole in the ground. Too late, Filthy Henry saw his landing spot disappear. That fearful feeling gripped his stomach as he began to plummet down, down towards darkness and despair. Henry! Shelley shouted as she ran towards the edge of the hole. Filthy Henry dropped like a stone flailing with his arms in the feeblest of attempts at flight ever performed by man. Spiralling as he fell, the fairy detective managed to get his hand into his pocket and around the golden coin. Just as he fell inside the hole, Filthy Henry teleported to safety, landing with a painful thud on the ground behind Shelley. Oh, sorry about that, a voice said from within the hole. Forgot that you would need some safe way to get down. Maggots have such fragile bodies after all. Can't fly without one of those machines around you. Let's make a stairway, shall we? Along the edge of the hole the dirt started to move. Rectangular slabs bursting out to form a spiralling stairway which led down. Both of them gingerly stepped into the hole and tested the step to see if it took their weight. Filthy Henry looked down into the centre of the hole and was just about able to make out the last step of the doorway. Along the side of the hole... Small orbs of light were starting to appear at regular intervals, like illuminated pimples on the dirty face of a teenager. These helped to push back the darkness below, enough so that Filthy Henry could make out the speaker standing on the very last step. It was Brez. Come now, you pair. You're wasting the time of a god who does not like his time to be wasted. Filthy Henry had a feeling in his stomach that this little trip may very well be one he would come to regret in later life particularly if later life was only half an hour away with a very sudden stop on remaining life. He stepped around Shelley and started to make his way down the stairs. Yep, you go first, Shelley said. I'm right behind you. No problems with this at all. As he passed the first of the illuminating orbs, something about the light coming from within caught Filthy Henry's attention. He looked closely at it. Inside the orb light swirled around like oil on water. It broke apart and crashed back together, each little wave causing a bright pulse to come forth. But the interesting thing about the orb was not the light, but rather what was actually swirling inside. It was not water, but tiny glowing skulls. Skulls that seemed to be pressing against the edge of the orb, attempting to get out, before being forcibly pushed back. Little skulls that were moving their mouths in silent screams. Souls. Filthy Henry said to himself. Shelley, flick off your second sight. Bad manners to use it in this place. He looked over his shoulder and saw the blue glow fade from around her eyes as she slowly started to make her way down the stairs. Filthy Henry was glad that for once she did as he asked without questioning it. There were just some things even the fairy detective did not want people to see. He kept his vision on just in case any other dreadful surprises lay in store. The feeling in his gut had seemingly decided to invite over some friends for a party. A party that involved using his innards as a skipping rope of tension. Rez waited for them at the bottom of the staircase, standing with his hand behind his back and a sly grin on his face. He had replaced the dark suit with a long black robe. It always baffled Filthy Henry why the bad guys seemed to be fascinated with wearing long black robes, or black clothes in general almost as if they all subscribed to some underground magazine that perpetuated the myth that black was definitely the new black in evil circles. Clichés, it seemed, never went out of fashion. A strange sensation rippled through Filthy Henry's body as he stepped off the last dirt slab. He quickly checked his internal pool of magic to reassure himself that it was full enough should a spell or two be required. Everything was in proper order, a small reserve of magical energy waiting to be used. Then again, what sort of spell would be useful against a god? To see you again, the fairy detective said to Brez, looking around the underground surroundings. Brez frowned and tilted his head to the side. Isn't the phrase usually nice to see you again? Filthy Henry smiled. Well, that would imply it was nice to see you before, the fairy detective said. It was hard to tell in the light given by the orbs, but Filthy Henry could have sworn that Brez's eyes turned a shade darker. Insolent maggot, Brez said, bringing up both his hands. Each one held a fireball that was rapidly glowing in heat and size. Henry, Shelley whispered, tapping him on the shoulder. Wise men say that you should never poke a bear with a stick, more so when said bear is charging directly at you because of being poked by your stick. But sometimes the man holding the stick wants to be the wisest in the room and can't help but find a bigger stick with which to poke the bear. Right then, Filthy Henry figured, he had the biggest stick around. I don't think your boss will be too happy about your current actions, he said, looking at some dirt under his nails in a nonchalant manner. Rez, bring those guests here, unharmed! The roar came from deep within the earth, shaking loose dirt from the walls of the staircase hole. It reverberated off everything at once, crashing against the eardrums like an invisible tidal wave. Brez's expression changed from anger to that of a chastised puppy in an instant. He closed his hands over the fireballs, extinguishing both of them, and turned on the spot. Come this way, maggots, he said. The god marched over to a section of the wall and waved at it. It slid into the ground, leaving behind an archway. Beyond lay a stone hallway that went down further into the earth illuminated by more of the soul orbs. Brez did not wait for either Shelley or Filthy Henry to follow him. Instead, he started to walk down the hallway. What the hell is wrong with you? Shelley asked the fairy detective as they walked behind Brez. Ah, nothing, just having a little fun. Now please be quiet. This place isn't sitting right with me. I don't want to miss anything. Shelley sometimes felt she was at a disadvantage with how little she actually knew about the fairy world. For starters, She had no idea that the old Celtic gods she had read about growing up with were actual beings that you could talk to. Nor did she know that somewhere in the middle of Ireland was a hidden realm underground. It was like she was sitting some sort of important exam, but answering the questions while learning the course material at the same time. As they followed Brez down the hallway, Shelley noticed that Filthy Henry, for once, seemed to be in the same boat as she was. He had no idea what was going on with their current situation either, which was something she found truly terrifying. They walked along the hallway of what Shelley would have called a very large castle, that had it been above ground like castles normally were found. The fact that this was entirely beneath the earth was hard to wrap her mind around. Something so vast could not remain hidden from the mortal world, given the various technologies out these days. Then again magic, playing such a large part in the fairy world, no doubt helped to keep the prying eyes of humanity from looking where gods did not want them to. As they walked along they passed by corridors and hallways that forked off the main one but Brez continued to walk in a straight line. Along the stone walls more of the glowing orbs hung. Passing near one Shelley thought she heard something coming from within the orb similar to the hiss of a torch flame but different at the same time. She stopped in front of it and stared at the light within straining her ears to see if she could hear the sound again. Inching closer to the orb Shelley turned her head slightly and brought her ear near. Then she heard it again. Not the hiss of a flame, but what sounded like a scream of pain. Startled, Shelley stepped back and looked at the blue light. Filthy Henry appeared, stepping in between her and the orb. I'll just leave it, he said. Trust me on this one. Come on, it's this way. He took her by the hand and brought her down the hallway. At its end they stepped out into a large throne room. The room was easily as big as the inside of Dagda's longhouse in the clouds, but made entirely of the same stonework that the hallway had been. Three more entrances, four in total, were built into the walls, hallways that led deeper into the underground castle, Shelley assumed. More of the orbs dotted the wall, but set in such positions that they allowed for some areas of darkness and shadow to form near the ceiling. Along the stone floor, a red carpet with golden trimmings led up to a raised platform, upon which sat an impressively ornate golden throne. A golden throne with a very large occupant sitting in it. Rez slowly walked up the carpet, stopping at the platform, and bowed before the throne's occupant. If he could call his action a bow, that is. Shelley guessed that the god had performed the bare minimum amount of movement allowed in order to still technically have bowed. As requested, our maggot guests, Brez said, adding almost as an afterthought, my lord. The lord in question was slowly drumming his fingers on either arm of the throne. He wore robes similar to Brez's, all black and bland, but his appearance was causing the contents of Shelley's stomach to request a rapid evacuation. Everything about the being on the throne appeared human, with the exception of his head. Where his eyes should have been, There was only an enormous growth, bulbous and scabbed over with a long slit horizontally across it. The growth was so large that the throne's occupant rested his head against the back to support it. "'Ah,' he said, gesturing with his right hand in the general direction of Filthy Henry and Shelley, "'Welcome to my humble abode. I'm Ballar, chief of the gods of Ireland.' filthy henry the impossible victim is book two of the filthy henry series by derek power this completely free audiobook version was narrated by niall milton other filthy henry books are available to buy on amazon kindle